1: Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. You can check out all of Sean's work up on roteviz.com. We are going to dive into a number of BBM4 teams, including our own that we drafted this past Thursday, Sean. We that was our podcast episode for people who checked out the Friday edition. This is a bonus episode. You want to head back and check out the Friday one? Probably makes sense to listen to that before diving into this, but you can do it whatever way you feel is best. We also have received two Broadway's OT listener teams that they drafted this past or during this week. They asked some questions around how they structured the team, what maybe they could change, and what went maybe right and wrong. We'll have a look through them. We're going to try and kind of cover all three teams as we go through this together. So it's going to be a fun exercise to go through. Sean, I, I always love reviewing teams and kind of breaking them down. And I think there's a lot to be learned from you know, what you could potentially change in these teams. And I know we talk a lot about them. We're drafting, we on the clock, and we're trying to fit in as much information as we can around the structure. But I think it'll be a fun exercise here to go through it and also to, to break it down for the, the listeners.
2: Exactly. And what you mentioned there is even more important in these BBM for drafts because you have the 32nd clock. Now, column, it's a bigger challenge to do it with another person to do it while you're also recording <laughs> the show. So I'm going to really bring a little bit of those elements in and the draft might not be quite as tight as it would be if you're doing it by yourself with a bunch of different screens up. Now, a lot of listeners are also doing these drafts on their phone when they have a moment or two, and that is a fun way to do it as well so you don't have all the different schedule information in front of you when you're doing that that's one of the reasons that i'll be putting together a series over at road biz this off season talking about the clusters of players and teams that you want to emphasize together we'll be starting with the rankings to try and figure out who are our main player targets and then trying to build the big strategy off of that Knowing that you're going to be flexible within the draft itself, and the very first thing you have to do is understand the draft is going to be very different if you have the 101, like we did in this draft, versus if you have the 111. I believe in a draft that you and I did recently. Most of the drafts that I've done by myself over the last week, since the NFL schedule came out, we're in that 110 to 112 range. So they look a lot different than the one that you and I just did. There are so many layers to building out the perfect underdog three million dollar team that it's difficult to execute them all at the same time and yet that's the thing that makes it such a fun challenge in addition just participating in this communal endeavor of trying to win the big money so all of that very very positive column there's never a bad time to throw in that it helps us and it helps you if you use the code Rotoviz when you sign up over underdog and get that 100% deposit match up to $100. but Colin, we got a couple of great teams from the listeners. You and I had a fun time with this team. I think it has some, I don't know, I would say that they're unique, but it has some quirks that are definitely worth looking into.
1: Yeah, so we, just to give a bit of context, we had the the 101 for the team we're going to discuss for myself and Sean. We also have two teams coming in, one with the 103 and the other with the 109. And Sean, it's going to be fun to go through these as well because we finished up our last draft with a two quarterback, six running back, eight wide receivers, and two tight ends draft. These teams coming in for us are two running backs, seven wide receivers, seven running backs, and two tight ends. The other one comes in with the exact same structure: two, six, eight, two. So we have some very close in terms of the structure, but we're able to compare maybe some of the slight differences. And that was one of the questions that I was going to ask you: is our last pick? We went Allen Robinson. There was a few picks where we could have went running back or wide receiver and that would have led us to the two seven seven two build with seven running back seven wide receivers so we'll get into that a little bit one of the notes sean i wanted to pass along these were submitted as i mentioned by listeners and they were both submitted after they listened to the rankings show that we did on the monday edition where you talked through some of your rankings process and how you know to kind of implement them if people are using them in drafts both of these drafters mentioned that they had used them but i really enjoyed the note you mentioned on the show about the team being as flavored. I really enjoyed the note that uh, they said they definitely would call this team wrote of his flavored. So we'll jump in to the listener teams and give them a run through, and then we'll uh, run through ours and then we'll kind of break down some of the, the differences. So we have a Jared Goff Kenny Pickett team. So similar to us with Kenny Pickett, this is the team with the seven running backs, seven wide receivers, two tight ends. It's Jameer Gibbs, James Cook, Javante Williams, Brian Robinson, Kendra Miller, Raheem Mostert, and Izzy Abanakanda. They take their first running back in Gibbs at pick 33. Then it's Cook at 88, Javante Williams at 105. So they are going holding off a little bit on the running back position, but they still have taken some of those earlier selections. They do go CD Lamb as their ninth pick, which is obviously very nice. Then they get Jalen Waddle at pick 16, Jerry Judy, pick 40, Chris Godwin, George Pickens, who we also took. Then Take One Thornton, Richie James. So a lot of the listeners will be familiar with those guys as kind of targets here for. The OT community, Dallas Goddard and Sam Laporta, in there as well. So pairing Laporta with Goff, and then the second team that has come into us is six running backs, eight wide receivers. From the third spot, it's Lamar Jackson. Will Levis is the two quarterbacks. J.K. Dobbins, Devin Akain. Then we have on Johnson, Kareem Hunter, on Ford, Dwayne McBride. Tyreek Hill was the selection at the one o three. T Higgins then. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Rashad Bateman, Alec Pierce, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Michael Wilson and then finishing off at tight end with Kyle Pitts and Dalton Kincaid. So Sean then if we go into our particular roster it is Jalen Hurts and Kenny Pickett at quarterback, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Antonio Gibson then we go with the three rookie running backs later on with Chase Brown, Zach Evans, TyJ Spears, it is Justin Jefferson at the 101, George Pickens, Dante Johnson Shad Bitman, Jamison Williams, Sky Moore, Romeo Dobbs, Alan Robinson, and then our two tight ends are TJ Hawkinson and Sam Laporta. So there's some similarities in the, the names that are involved there, Sean. But when we look through, I guess we'll jump into, we'll do the, the potential critiques of our team first when we look at it. The, I'm sure people listening and maybe the, the running back depth would be the concern. I think people would probably be okay with the, the quarterback situation potentially maybe they would like a little bit more depth at tight end But we mentioned during our draft that we were comfortable with what we were doing there with laporta and hawkinson and then the wide receivers i think we've we filled out the depth really strong after particularly having that gap with justin jefferson our next pick then is at the 612 with george Pickens, followed up by his teammate in deontay johnson at the 7.01 so I think we've done a a nice job there the interesting thing I was going to have the conversation during the draft we held off was with getting Jalen Hurts that really freed us up to go with the two quarterbacks I think sometimes when you're in a draft you're wondering if you take him does that rule out some of the potential options later on we obviously passed up on Sam Howell but I do feel like there's a, a much more relaxed atmosphere rather than thinking we have to get one or the other or we may have thought at one point have to get Kirk cousins which is a terrible thought to have but that would have been something that may have crossed our mind still happy with our team i guess first for the structure um and then for taking jill hurts at the the 212 there was there any point in the draft where you thought maybe we could uh went a different direction the one thing that really eased my mind on that is the players that go in that third round we take Brees hall at the 301 the players that go after that there's not a huge amount of them that I'm no panic in that we, we skipped over.
2: Exactly. And Colin, the main thing that we wanted to do here was to create this combination of selecting our player targets and hopefully at an ADP value as often as possible, but you create a number of values within your draft. And then when you need to make a half round, reach especially when you're on a turn and you can't get to a guy who's going to be in a very different area of the draft simply by that player following you're going to have to reach to make the overall build work then you can do that and so we're trying to get our guys we're trying to get them at value and we're trying to then put them in combinations that work so one of the things that i would mention here is that the stacking always is going to bring a week 16 a week 17 potential advantage one of the things that you and i have discussed in the past is that regular season advance is extremely important. You can also win the regular season prize, which King Cap did last year. That was one of the coolest things, I think, in the history of fantasy football, at least for me, as you know, we watch everything transpire throughout the decades. You don't want to give up a lot of regular season advance in order to make that happen. So you have to have a dynamic approach to making it work. The flip side of it is that Stacking was much more effective according to our tools. And there's a Stack Explorer for FFPC. There's a Stack Explorer for Underdog. You can go through and look at the way that those things are working and what are the preferred stacks for the format that you're in. It was much more effective in 2022. And I mean, there can be a variety of reasons for that. But one of them, I certainly think, is that we saw the NFL have very disparate reactions to defenses saying we're not going to give up the big play you have the NFL as opposed to being in this environment where you you really have rails on the QB scoring so the bad quarterbacks are going to benefit from garbage time the good quarterbacks are going to be so efficient that they don't have to pass as much in the second half of games you don't have as much total volume and you look back at some of the mega seasons from players like Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers. And they were still very good fantasy quarterbacks. They were fantasy quarterbacks you would have wanted to have in those years, but their passing attempt numbers were not particularly high because they had eviscerated teams in the first half. And then you're doing something slightly different as you go forward. But as teams have adjusted to the current landscape and they, in some cases are embracing analytics You have teams that are willing to pass in situations that previously would have been very clear-cut runs. You have the flip side of that, (laughs) or you have teams like the Falcons and the Bears, where it doesn't really matter what game situation they're in. They're like, what? I mean, we've got to run the ball or else we're just going to pass it, throw it in complete punt, lose by larger margins. As you have the NFL divide into haves and have-nots, you obviously need to be heavily onto the haves, at least from the Part of the game that you're attacking, if you're looking at the passing game here and stacking together receivers with quarterbacks, and you need to have them put together in combinations that will give you both the individual week upside but also the full season upside. So that kind of creates this big picture look that we then have to wrap back around into the specific player targets. If you spend your whole draft, trying to hit one particular scenario, and then anybody else in your draft reaches on your guy before you select, it can break your entire build. That was one of the reasons why we approached it from the perspective of having several different outs, the first of which would have been Kirk Cousins, the second of which that we did execute being Kenny Pickett. You're frustrated to get Jalen Hurts at a good value there and then not get the players around him to amplify that and to benefit from it in the biggest way possible and yet because of the way the rest of the draft went i like this there's going to be a little bit of uniqueness in having jalen hurts empty especially as we get later into the tournament so to be able to build out a team where we have the vikings with a bring back player in week multiple players in week 16 with detroit than Romeo Dobbs in week 17. It's not just the players that you have with your QB. When you have multiple elite threats from a team like the Vikings with Jefferson and Hawkinson, you also want those guys to be correlated with some players on the opposite side. And that was one of the things that we were looking at with Kenneth Walker as well, where he is on the opposite side of what we need to be an explosive game for our Steelers. So... I love this team. It has a lot of our targets. Kenneth Walker in round five feels pretty absurd. Now, again, this is probably an area where we diverge a little bit from the consensus in that Walker was an elite prospect who went out there and was an immediate star for the Seahawks. He did have a few issues with some receiving elements. You always have that situation where the back has to stay healthy. The Seahawks didn't get that from Penny last year, and so they put Charbonnet on top. There are positives about Charbonnet's profile, but there are also some big weaknesses and some questions about whether he's a complete and total mirage. I think when you already have a guy who looks like a clear star, and then you have a rookie coming in who has some holes in his prospect profile, I mean, you want to be pretty heavily on Walker. Again, there's so much uncertainty, though, with the rookies. The range of outcomes is so wide. You wouldn't go in there and say, oh, well, I mean, you have to have Walker in every draft. You want to have zero Charbonnet that's not how it works and, and we don't want listeners to feel like that is how it works but we are high on Walker.
1: the other question sean i think this will pair into the other teams we'll dive in then to look a little bit about maybe what they could potentially have changed there but we finish up the draft with that last question on the last pick of the entire draft i guess we can say mr irrelevant it was alan robinson we had talked about some potential running backs in that zone as well so that would have changed our build from one of the options that these uh, other drafters have done to what we went with. So it could have been a 2772 build or a 2682 build. We go for the eight wide receivers, picking up Alan Robinson there. Are you trying to build out any specific type of build when you're starting? What structure are you kind of looking to have come the end of it in terms of the, the players per position?
2: And this is a, a great question because there are a lot of layers to it as well. We'll have a ton of best ball workshops on the site, breaking down the insights from the roster construction explorer. But this team lets us in a very hands-on kind of way, look at some of the key elements. And the first would be that I'm taking one of these elite QBs, if a very dynamic stacking situation is set with it to where the first round pick and potentially even the third round pick are going to slot in so nicely that you have that part of the team already built out because when you have that then you don't have to be as worried about it going through the rest of the draft where you know if you haven't executed that early then there's always that question of you know will i be able to finish it out the other time period would be If you get to a spot where that player is almost the only choice. Now, I think that we could have gone Brees Hall, Tony Pollard at the start. And that would have been fun. I'm going to end up with a lot of Ramondre Stevenson, a lot of Gibbs. And so those probably are guys I'm not really looking for on the 101 team. We might select them occasionally so that we have some lineups that include that. But generally, we're looking at them in the middle to the back half of three. So we could have gone running back, running back. I think that would have worked. You look to what the situation was though at the four or five turn with another running back there and we're probably very relieved not, not to have selected the three running backs early. So if Hertz is a value related to ADP, if you can put in with Jefferson, which might be a little bit unique, even if you end up getting stuck on the other elements and we did, then I still like that pick in there if you could execute the rest of it. So then once you have the early QB and anybody who hasn't checked out michael dubner's article on elite qb in 2023 make sure you do that it brings up a lot of the important things to consider on both sides of the argument and then also does give you i think a meaningful conclusion but once we have hurts it's going to be a two qb build that gives us an extra player i say it's going to be a two qb build almost always we're going to have two qb even if the qbs are a lot weaker but especially if you have hurts it's going to be two there are some unique situations this year where we like those late quarterbacks enough that I think that if you have a picket and you have a Howell late and those are going to be your two guys then certainly you would continue you would consider a Cousins or a Goff or a Geno Smith you would consider a Mac Jones which would be something that you would execute at the end you consider Desmond Ritter so there are some three qb builds that do have enough upside this year and are going to save you that really important early round draft capital so that'd be the two versus three at qb but then once we get to the running back position as soon as we have the two early guys then we're going to lean a little bit more into the six eight as opposed to the seven seven the one thing that you just simply can't do in the contemporary landscape is to get too heavy at running back Once you have these two guys early, you're going to be hammering the receivers. That was sort of the contrast with our previous team column, where we were very wide receiver heavy early. Most of our drafts will be. And then it's almost this difficult element of how do you get to the seventh receiver, which was our concern in the previous draft. And you don't even necessarily have to. If you have six really quality receivers, you can look in the RCE. It will confirm for you that, especially in 2022, that worked. We're going to see different dynamics in the 2023 season. We're going to have a different scoring shape specifically at running back. You're going to have to deal with that as you work through. There's the possibility that we had last year where Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders scored a lot of points, especially in the regular season from picks that made zero running back almost impossible to beat because then obviously all of the other more true zero RB guys were feathered in as well. If you have that at the receiver position this year as opposed to the running back position, which is always possible, you get a situation just a couple of years ago, for example, where Justin Jefferson, because he was a rookie and he wasn't a top 10 pick, he then goes off and gives you elite scoring late. Now, you're probably not going to get quite the same this year as all of those guys are at least reasonably expensive. Addison, Quentin Johnston, you, know, you have to pay up for them. But if you get a huge score late from receiver, it's going to make this whole – scoring universe look different in a way that changes what will have worked in retrospect. But we know that even when there are seasons like 2016 that are sprinkled in occasionally, let me think back to, I mean, 2016 is a long time ago now. So are you going to have another volcanic eruption at some point? Yes. But I mean, it could come now. It could come three or four years from now. You can't draft hyper fragile into that every year hoping that that's your one year where you're going to have these extreme advance rates you got to go zero rb you've got to build up from that and so the build that we used in this draft and the build that the listeners used in their drafts very much in keeping with what you need to do to win let's say 2023 through 2030 most of the years In that time period, unless we get another kind of sea change in terms of the way NFL offenses and defenses attack each other, this current construction is the one to really
0: lean heavily into. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: Yeah. And the other thing that you mentioned there, just to reiterate, is based on how much basically you've invested at that position earlier in the draft will allow you some flexibility or sometimes if you've done it to an extreme, might take away some of the flexibility later in the draft. So that is a a good thing that Sean has pointed out there. Moving on from our team, and we've answered a lot of the questions, you know, on our team based on what we're going to look at it, the listener teams here because we've talked about the structure we've talked about some of the players what you want to do at running back and wide receiver for example both of these teams have gone with two tight ends you know you get your kind of different people have different terminologies for who is elite or who is a high-end tight end but i definitely think that kyle pitts fits into that we've seen with dallas goddard last year although we don't see him get into the end zone, maybe as much as we would like throughout his career. I think both of those guys fit into it, and then we took Sam Laporte one of these rosters as Laporte, the other has Dalton Kincaid. We have highlighted some potential concerns with him this year, as you know, as a rookie. But there's also a great value as to where he is going in drafts and to be able to add him and at that option. The one difference, Sean, I would say, is when it is a team. For example, I think we're good with the the Pickett golf. Lamar Jackson is on one of these rosters he is then paired with Will Levis is that a little bit thin at quarterback for for a two-quarterback build or are you basically saying that team gets as far as Lamar Jackson goes and you're hoping then that Will Levis gets you through a couple of weeks throughout the season
2: it probably is thin for me in that we had a lot of the top college football analysts come on the show and discuss how and catastrophically bad basically will levis was now that same thing was true for anthony richardson and we know that he is very trendy in drafts already generating some you know theoretically good reviews from the minimal practice sessions that they've had already you do like the fact that levis is very cheap it allows you to do that the other thing here is that Treylon burks is somebody that I have a hard time ranking because I think that his prospect profile was fantastic. And then he has to deal with both injuries and extremely poor quarterback play and just extremely poor quarterback play, which not only created a problem in terms of the quality of the passing that he's dealing with, but it meant that the scoring landscape for that entire offense, the passing volume, all of those things more or less completely in the tank and so you don't get really any feel for what he can potentially do so in this particular draft where he goes at pick 75 i mean he may be more like pick 45 type of value if he is then i mean really he's probably the player that you want to be just on those rosters by himself and not create additional exposure to tennessee but i can understand why this team went that route so that part of it i think is interesting and makes sense when you have lamar jackson you're going to have all of that scoring you're counting on him to be the guy who carries you most of the time you don't want to spend very much on the second pick so pick 190 here that works and lamar jackson's bye in week 13 very very late if levis shows anything he's going to be the quarterback by you know week eight week nine maybe that's still not enough time to really get ramped up and to be dynamic when we're talking about needing to fill that scoring void in that week it's not actually the direction that i would have gone with it you wonder about some of the other options who might have been there but you look through this team and this is one of the things about drafting your receivers as well and potentially creating outs. So we have Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Rashad Bateman, Alec Pierce, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Michael Wilson. So you have two Arizona wide receivers. Maybe Kyler Murray was available late enough in this draft for him to have been an option. This drafter went with Kareem Hunt at 166. There's a lot of upside there, and yet the the Browns have been pretty demonstrative in saying that Hunt is washed, and we, we kind of have to balance what his upside would be in a lot of situations with the reporting from that team, so maybe you take Murray there, but when we're talking about very late quarterback picks. Everybody else is going to be gone, right? Obviously, Tua's gone, Burrow's gone, Anthony Richardson, as we mentioned, is gone, Deshaun Watson is gone, so you don't have a straightforward pairing of your quarterback with a receiver unless you take levis with traylon burks that could work but as we think through it it's not a criticism of this particular roster but it does raise i think an interesting and important point which is that as you're drafting receivers in those mid and then especially in the late areas a couple of names that are fun to throw out there if you're getting caught late in the draft and you're like I just really haven't executed my plan. I like the players that I have on my team, but I don't have some of the structural elements. If you go taekwon, Micah Siki, Mac Jones late, then you very quickly have these three guys together, none of whom cost hardly anything.
1: The other thing, Sean, just uh, to and it's not you know we're not critiquing these teams and saying they're you know not good. What we're doing is looking at minute details to see what we would change. The other thing that I tend not to do very often, unless it is specifically a pass catching running back is and you you had talked during this draft of potentially antonio gibson and sam howell but uh somebody who's as much of a rushing quarterback as lamar jackson who's likely going to scoop up some of those uh touchdown rushes from in close as well pairing with jk dobbins as your rb1 is a little bit tricky for me the other part of this is um with this team and the running backs that i mentioned there is six running backs drafted but it is limited with you mentioned in the question marks around hunt for example heading into the season we'd like to see the rookies in there the young players but there is three rookie running backs in there there's jerome ford and then there's dobbins might be a little bit shaky in terms of the overall depth there the other one point and i mentioned wanting to have those young players our team very heavily will feature players in their rookie year their second year third year usually very very young players this roster with hopkins and hell for example the, the they have obviously broken out already sean but we probably know what the true seeding of those players are and there is always the fear of somebody like a hopkins that maybe we're at the point where it does start to tail off for him so that would be another thing just with the age profile of those players versus for example the other team with the lamb waddle you know Peckins, Thornton, jerry judy even though judy is a veteran at this particular point but they would be the other small things that I would, would pick out in this particular roster, but has that been overly critical?
2: No, I think those are, are things to keep in mind. And it doesn't mean that this roster won't work as a result, in part because the firepower at the non-running back positions, which is where we really want to be invested, is elite. You have Kyle Pitts, you have Dalton Kincaid at tight end. This could be one of the highest-scoring tight end teams. You have... All of those wide receivers that we mentioned you have the elite qb and one of the things that the listener mentioned it kind of goes directly off of our show and our ranking special this is the ravens dolphins sort of extravaganza in terms of looking at that week 17 contest where you have jackson you have dobbins you have bateman which he's going to be such a controversial player because they've added zay flowers they brought in odell beckham they still have mark andrews that's one of the reasons why Lamar Jackson, even if he runs a little bit less, could just be the QB that annihilates the entire fantasy community this season. And then when you have him after having selected Tyreek Hill early, when you select Tyreek Hill early, you're, you're definitely looking to bring that back with those Ravens. And so I, I like that element of it a lot. And again, you have a couple of the running backs in there with that as well you're going to have to get to that point but you know if you have a game in the high 30s even in the 40s and that sounds a little bit silly but we do see extreme shootouts from time to time the running backs could very easily get involved and a chain somebody who could break off multiple long runs could catch some of those passes i'm excited about this team i'm excited about that game
1: yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun we thank the Listeners for sitting in those teams as we go through, talk a little bit more structure and, and look through some of the possible opportunities. This has been a bonus edition of Rotoviz Overtime. As I mentioned, if you haven't heard our draft that myself and Sean did, it came out on Friday. Head back and check that out. Four shows again this week. Back-to-back four-week shows, Sean. That is starting to set maybe an expectation uh, going forward. It, it probably will be three a week, but it's nice to to bump out this extra content for people who are getting into ball season looking to build out their rosters build out their teams and want to see what we're trying to do we record these shows in the evening time with myself usually and Sean as we finish recording this one I can smell the beautiful smell of garlic wafting through the house as my dinner is, smells like it is being prepared which is making me uh, salivate as we finish up recording this one so we are going to put a pen in it there for today's episode but hopefully you have enjoyed all the conversations myself and sean have had this week we will be back on monday with another show as always send us your topics your questions for example this here show today was brought on by two teams that were shared with me over the past week that you know we thought would make for a good conversation so we're always open to having those topics those conversations shared send them to me on twitter at overtime ireland or email them across at overtime ireland at gmail.com or road radio at gmail.com check out all of sean's work up on road And if you are signing up at Rotoviz, you can use the code RVRADIO2023 at checkout to save yourself 10% off an NFL pass and a one-year subscription. Get you access to all of the content and tools up on RotorViz.com. Now is the perfect time to get involved. Sean mentioned a few times on the show today, the RCE. That is one of the tools that you do get access to once you are signed up. So all those sort of things to help you for best ball season and tools to cover every type of... Fantasy that you want to play, so head on over today. Once again, that code is RB Radio 2023. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter. Add over to Maryland. and until we are back on Monday, have a good one.